0: From our local high schools to the pros, the Dallas Morning News has got North Texas sports covered, and it's more than just the scores. From all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even postseason glory, the DMN has got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. You can follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and locker room straight to your inbox. As soon as the podcast is over, head to Dallasnews.com slash sports to see what Brad Townsend, Callie Kaplan, and the rest of the DMN gang has for you there. Hello and welcome to Mavs Daily, run by the Dallas Morning News. We break down a question event news or trend having to do with the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Bobby Cruella. I am from Mavs Digital. Joining me today, the very legendary, future is so bright he's got to wear shades, uh, which he is on the Skype right now, Isaac Harris. Isaac, why aren't you verified on Twitter? <laughs>
1: I don't even know how to get verified. You're, you're the one. You should tell me how, because you've been... You've been like a verified vet for years on years.
0: Yeah, I did that like five years ago. It's not even that big of a deal. Uh, <laughs> at the time, apparently, it was pretty easy to get verified because I, I kind of came like right on the wave where like, basically, if you send five tweets a day, then they're like, oh, yeah, you'd take this seriously. And uh, there's, they, just, they were just handing out check marks, you know. Uh, like Tootsie Rolls on Halloween. But now I guess they're a little more exclusive with it. I'm sure that you could be verified if you wanted to, but I guess that's the bigger question. Do you want to be verified?
1: I, I would, yes. Just because I feel like it would validate all of my time I've put on Twitter that my wife has told me, hey, are you on Twitter again? Literally last night laying in bed and she's like trying to go to sleep and she tells me are you are you scrolling on Twitter again? I'm like, I know I gotta get off Twitter. I'm reading different things, so I think it would v- help validate that. So yes, I, w- I would like to. I just don't know how to.
0: The stakes are high. You need to get verified to save your marriage it's out there. <laughs> Tom from MySpace, Jeff Bezos, uh, the guy that invented Google, like all of you need to band together and get this man a check mark.
1: Otherwise.
0: He's going to be single like me. And, <laughs> somebody, uh,
1: somebody listening to this that knows how, hit me up, shoot me a DM, and tell me how, and I will.
0: I think it's just like verify.twitter.com or something. It's pretty easy. Huh. But the weird part about it, and like I don't want to get, you know, I, I can flex because I I, I am verified. No, but flex on I don't want to get too far into the weeds for all the commoners out there that don't care. But like <laughs> you have to send them a picture of your driver's license. And any time you have to do that, this is like kind of weird, you know, it's <laughs> kind of weird, weird, but you have to do it to prove who you say you are, you know, yeah. but it's like, man, for, I spend a lot of my time on Twitter complaining about how <laughs> bad Twitter is. And so I just feel like they're just like scheming, just like waiting for me to leave the platform so they can ruin my life.
1: <laughs> can we keep that conversation going real quick? I'm just saying how has, and let me just ask you this, because we've both been watching the NBA and basketball and the maps specifically for years now with Twitter, but we can remember a time to when we watched basketball, when we didn't have Twitter as much can going back to like the Dirk days, how much, and I think we've touched on this before. I know I texted you about this other day, but how much do you think Twitter would have changed the Dirk era or at least? Yeah. At least the last 10 years of Dirk's career.
0: Well, I don't think it would have changed anything about the basketball But it definitely would have changed the way we experience it, right? Yeah. Like, I think, and I don't want to be like a big old bummer. (laughs) I think If you you follow me on Twitter, I think you understand how I feel about the whole operation. Um, I think that if Twitter really existed, like in 2002, you know, 2003, and we were all hardened vets by the time the Mavs won the title, I don't think that people would have enjoyed the climb as much. And so I don't Mm. think the payoff at the end would have been as meaningful. Um, part of the reason that we loved the Mavs championship and especially Dirk's championship is because he fell so many times and often like right on his face, you know, like uh, you blow a two-zero lead in the finals, you lose as a one seed to an eight seed uh, th- that happened in back-to-back seasons. Like you lose to Steve Nash the first year after he leaves the team, like yeah, those three seasons in a row and then capping it off by being the seven seed and getting like just destroyed in the first round by this by the hornets at the time like I don't think that anybody would have I I I mean it would just would have imploded you know we would have all self-destructed and um, I don't know maybe people were feeling that individually I certainly was at the time but it felt like this like personal struggle you know or like a family struggle because I would watch the games with my dad my sister my mom you know we went all through through all of that together like as a family and with some of my friends and stuff but like That just made it so – it created such a, like, more intimate relationship with Dirk and with the Mavs and with with Cuban and Donnie and, like, Don Nelson into Avery Johnson, into Rick Carlisle, like, all the players. Like, it felt like it was just you in front of your TV and not, like, you and 5,000 people that you only kind of know that have an avatar of a Mavs player, you know? And so it's like (laughs) – It just felt much more intimate, and that made it seem like you were friends with Dirk. It made it seem like you were friends with Jason Terry. So when they won, you were like, they went through so many struggles, and I went through each of them myself, you know? So it kind of felt like a piece of you was also winning the championship, and I just feel like if we were constantly bombarding ourselves, like, it's like self-sabotage being on Twitter as a sports fan. Like, you're really just like, you're just punishing yourself daily and i feel like if we were doing that during dirk's climb we just would not have had the same like just magical like feeling of euphoria and accomplishment whenever he did finally achieve his dream because we would have been just so beaten down but am i like am i just too cynical
1: no 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 i i think it's it's so true because i mean we'll see what just everything with the climb of luca you know compared to dirk and you know, I think a lot of us, I don't know the exact year you got Twitter. I think I got mine in '09, but then I didn't touch it for a while because it was like, I don't even know what to do on this app. Same. And, you know, so, you know, they obviously won the title, you know, a couple of years after that, but it just, yeah. Sometimes I think we can get wrapped up. I know I'm, I'm speaking, I'm talking to myself right here to where, I can get wrapped up into where I have another screen open it's like TweetDeck watching a game and I'm like watching TweetDeck almost the same as the game, like I mean, timeouts. I'm looking at, and then sometimes, it, and this goes beyond basketball of like forming, you might watch a player and you're like, man, I really like how this player's playing. Is my opinion right? You know, I'm doing air quotes right now. And you're like, and then you see people, it's like, oh dang, okay, I, I shouldn't like him because and then we're, and then it's just like, it's messing with how you feel. So I, I think it's definitely affecting, not that, not, I feel like I just like, kind of just steered the uh, the pod towards uh, social media and in the in-game experience. But I think it has changed how fans, you know, I don't know, take in the basketball viewing experience, especially at times where a lot of fans are not allowed in the arena or we're hopefully light at the end of the tunnel. So anyway, sorry about the uh, steering off course there.
0: No, no, we're just two dudes talking about Twitter, man. Uh, <laughs> did you send your first tweet through a text message? Because I did.
1: <laughs> i honestly can't can't remember i don't even know the first person i fo- it had to be an athlete i know it's an athlete because that's the only reason i got it it's like oh cool i can hear like an athlete can like post something and i feel like i'm like friends with them or something
0: original twitter for me like first generation bobby corella twitter was my i don't know girlfriend i guess i mean i'm like 17 or 18 at the time so whatever <laughs> that is uh her friend And then a couple of our other coworkers basically turned Twitter into, like, a group chat, you know. Because I think, like, at the time, I'm not sure group texting on, like, your old-fashioned flip phones was really, like, easy. I don't think so. But we definitely aged out of AOL Instant Messenger. Mm. And so we went to, like, the new frontier. Um, And that was right at the time. This is like, early 2009. uh, Barack Obama had just become president. And his, like, campaign staff or him individually Made it a point to follow back everyone who followed him, and so I followed Obama. And to this day, Barack Obama still follows Bobby Corello on Twitter.
1: Whoa! Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm like a real, real, real OG on Twitter, dude.
1: And bring like in a full long, circle, long time Twitter personality. That's how Bobby's verified.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe he just was fascinated by our like little group chat that we were having online. Yeah, uh, but don't <laughs> worry, all of those old tweets have been deleted for many years. I would just recommend everyone delete their tweets all the time. Uh especially because when when Luka wins a title in a couple of years, you're going to regret like all of the complaints <laughs> you had about the team. Um but that's that's kind of like the the like the impetus of us having this conversation tonight anyway is like I kind of want to talk about that whole thing, um the experience of being a sports fan during this season in particular. Um mm. more specifically being a Mavs fan. Um, and there is a lot of stuff going on, obviously in the world, the whole election thing, the whole capital thing, COVID, uh, you know, there's a lot of real world stuff happening and then there's also sports. Uh, and so, you know, I feel like you bring some of your external stresses into the world of sports, which is supposed to be the quote unquote departure, but from reality, but it never really is. and never has been. But anyway, uh, there's a lot going on in the world. So we're all kind of on edge. This season, um, a rare combination of lofty expectations, high levels of excitement, and also just a ludicrous schedule. Mm. Uh, Like, today the Mavs play the Clippers. They got, like, 35 games in the next, like, 62 days or something. Like, it's just wild, man. There's so much basketball. Everyone is just huffing and puffing. No one was really ready for this season to begin with, and even if you were, you were not ready for this volume of games. Uh, And so there's just this, this is just the, the, all of these factors are, are, are kind of coalescing and uh, creating just a a perfect, like, what do you call like powder keg, you know? And all it takes (laughs) is one loss to the Oklahoma city thunder to spark the whole freaking thing. And then it comes tumbling down. And so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about with you today is just like, everyone is so emotionally on edge at all times that all of the stuff that I was just talking about with Dirk, like I fear that it's going to become true about the Luca Porzingis era.
1: Yeah. You know, I, um, you know, I tweeted out at the beginning of the, the Denver game and I said, you know, somebody had tweeted and you know tweeted at me or something and said, you know, about just Mavs Twitter being toxic right now. or And I don't even want to take Mavs Twitter. I'd say a lot of fan bases, Twitter, you know, is a toxic you know, landscape. You follow the right people. And I said on there, I was like, I think I've muted, blocked more people this season than I have the past three combined just because I just found it taking away the joy of the game, you know what? I, I have plenty of other things in my life to worry about and to uh, have you know negative emotions about. I want basketball to be an escape. I want the Mavericks to be a, a way for me to you know enjoy a, a game that I, I love, and you know expectations have has taken this you know has heightened everything. And so, so somebody re- responded to that tweet and I thought it was so telling and made me think they said something along the lines of, I just, <laughs> I missed the days in which we sucked. And because everybody knew like the expectations were low. Everybody knew, you know, what was going on. Like the record wasn't going to be great. You you kind of knew that to where there wasn't a ton of, I mean, you're always going to have different opinions, but everybody was pretty much on the same train, going moving in the same direction of understanding what was happening. And now, except
0: for when they would win games, you know, (laughs) except for when they would win games. And that was the, that part made it kind of, you know, unfortunate for me.
1: That's true. It is almost the same exact reaction to OKC game to where the past like three years when the Mavericks would win a game is like, what are we doing? Why are we (laughs) (laughs) trying, why are we trying to do? And like, everybody's freaking out. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is so funny. But I think that's the key. You said it. And you're like the, the expectations have risen and just the impact of having higher expectations for a team, how that impacts a fan base too of just how you feel about everything. And, you know, we were texting the other day and it's about how, you know, people perceive the front office and it's like, you know, separating almost a front office from an actual team. And it's like, you know, so and that, you know, was that happening 20 years ago? I don't know, but like, was it, or was it just,
0: no, no, no chance, just no the
1: team, you know, and it's like, I'm a fan of the team. And now it's like, we're separating to these different categories. So I think it is fascinating, but I think a lot of it hinges on this Mavericks team that, fairly quick too i mean when you get a, a star like Luka Doncic, the expectations have risen so fast that it's it almost has everybody in a frenzy of like what do we expect what do we, if the mavericks don't make the finals this year are we rioting you know are we freaking out right now it's because the expectations how high can they go but if the mavericks you know make the first round or second round are are people satisfied? You know, that that's the thing. Or will we ever be satisfied? So I think it is, uh, the expectations take it to a different level. Yeah, dude. I mean, like I guess, well, okay. Anytime we talk,
0: cause I skin especially came under fire for this a couple years ago from, uh, the old faithful on Twitter, because it was after they got like DeLon, Wright And Seth Curry, and they signed KP and then they re-upped Maxi and Dorian Finney Smith and, Dwight Powell but I think Dwight came like at the beginning of that offseason like before the draft even or maybe right around that time it was like so like Dwight was part of the offseason but wasn't really part of the offseason um I forget the timing of it all and people were like well that's that's it for the Mavs and Skin was like this is a good offseason and people were like you're an idiot (laughs) and then it was just this big thing and like you know Skin and I talked about that for a very long time and I understand how look believe me like I would get very mad at, you know, Jerry Stackhouse back in the day. You know, like, 12-year-old Bobby would have had some pretty nasty tweets, but, like, luckily, there was no way for me to express those opinions on the internet. Um, Because, like, you get the urge, if you care about something as much as many people care about basketball, which is why basketball is a business, it's why we have this podcast, because a lot of people love this game and love this team, then, like you know, the old saying, like, you live and die with every game, like, you're genuinely going to feel that, you know, and when a player as generational as Luka comes along, and you see LeBron leave, and you see all these other superstars leave bad situations, like, you have this fear that Luka is going to leave, and, like, so, like, you can get really caught up in all, the, in all the stuff, to the point where you were, like, willing to go to, basically go to war with people who disagree with you about it, yeah, and... Take the dis take that disagreement as like condescension, especially with, I guess I mean I I was a part of that too I guess but the way that skin and I and some other people have talked about the maps off seasons in the past of like dude like they got DeLon right and Seth Curry and KP and they signed Maxi and Dorian to those contracts like that was a really good off season in my opinion yeah but if your expectations were they're going to get Kimba or they're going to sign some hall of famer or something, then yeah, like that is going to kind of be a step back, but that doesn't mean that it was like a colossal failure, you know? So it's like bridging. It's just like maintaining perspective at all times, which I know is really tough to do because if you make it a point to just be super rational and super logical and just like really think things through at all times, it does kind of require you to like be less emotional about it and like, you know, whenever the Mavs beat the Spurs or whenever they beat the Nuggets really more recently, it's like, let's go streaking. Like we're going to paint the town. This is the best night of my life. And it also makes losing to OKC like the worst thing ever. And you say a bunch of stuff that I hope you regret the following day, but like you it's, it's hard to be both really passionate and really rational and like, I don't think enough people have figured that out or figured out the w- the way to balance that out. But anyway, it's going to lead to a lot of like kind of toxic stuff like that. At the same time, just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't mean they're condescending to you. Yeah. I don't know if this comes across as condescending what I'm saying now, but it's like you just have to, I, I don't know, you always have to just like try and take just a half step back. sort of like think about it, accept it. And I, I really feel that way too, man, whenever my phone is in my hand or like my laptop is you know, on, on my lap, (laughs) wherever a laptop is on the arm of my chair. Uh, like before you fire off a tweet, it's like, sure. Like, it's not my fault that I get really mad if Luca takes a step back three, that is like a really bad shot, like objectively a bad shot. Like, sure. It's going to frustrate me or whatever, but like, do I have to tell the world that I'm mad about it? Like, (laughs) yeah, if I see somebody else say, man, Luca had a great game. Like, do I have to tell that person? Well, actually he took two step back threes that were benchable offenses. It's like, okay, Nate Duncan, like dude, chill out. You know, like (laughs) this is supposed to be fun. It's a game. Like it is in OKC. The other night I said, like at tip off, like Pokashevsky is starting for the thunder. And I was like, dude, this is going to be a fun game. Like if Pokashevsky is starting, this is going to be wild. And like halfway through the fourth quarter, when the Mavs are down 15, someone dug up that tweet and was like, "Do you still believe this?" Oh. And I was like, "Yeah, I do. Yeah. Like, this is always fun. Basketball is always fun. Like, what are you talking about? You know? Yeah. So it's just like, th- no one is making you. No one's like holding a gun to your head and making you tweet. You know? Yeah. Like, you can feel what you got to feel, but like, do you have to like? Sh- do you have to? Do you have to like say everything that is on your mind? And do you have to like go into other people's mentions and tell them everything that's on your mind? And like you have to insult people because they disagree with you about something that is like extremely trivial like no matter what happens your life will be no different whether the mavs win or lose it'll be better like it'll be more fun if they win it'll probably be less fun if they lose it'll be way less fun if luca like becomes a la laker in five years but like we could be upset about it whenever it happens like in the meantime just enjoy it man this is fun this is the climb this is the rise we were talking about this like three months ago at the beginning of the year like there's going to be some ups and downs, but just enjoy it. Cause like, this is, this is like the infant. This is a, whenever you have a toddler, anything is possible. Like this season could go any direction. Why don't we just enjoy the whole thing? I said a lot, I'm sorry. Respond to whatever, or take it in a different direction. I, it's,
1: it's your turn to talk. No, no, it's, it's just a matter of what you want, you know, from Twitter. And, you know, some people, you know, will get upset of like, why do you block people? Or why do you mute people? Or all, I'm like. Well, one, I, I can do what I want to with my Twitter. I can control what I want, you know, my timeline, my, and my you know, notifications and all of that to where I don't have to deal with that negativity. Some people feed off that. And, you like, you you love that. I think they're trying to find the balance of the two of... I, I think it's also important to say, like, we have to leave space to criticize it sometime, sometimes, too. I get that. I get that with fans of saying, hey, if you want to criticize a decision, if you want to disagree with the team on something cool. You do you like, I, I get that when it becomes a, you know, from it, it's just starts stacking and it becomes a, a, a lifestyle, it becomes a, a mindset of everything to where then it, it that's when it, it breeds into that toxic nature of, okay, well, what are we even using social media for? If it turns, if it goes from, man, I think this player should have started. I mean, I wish that player would have started to criticizing the in arena music during a free throw we're, this is, that's a different ball game. Okay. Like we're trying to, you know, that, that's a, uh, so for me, that's the whole thing of like, all right, I don't have to see that on my, on my Twitter. I don't have to just don't, don't be surprised if you're coming at because basketball is fun. Like it's supposed to be fun. We're watching a sport for fun. So majority of people on here are, you know, on Twitter, you're not getting paid some like six digit salary to watch every second of a basketball game, majority of people who follow the game, or even if you're working in some capacity and making money off covering, you know, the Mavericks, you probably started covering the Mavericks because you love basketball. And so that's the thing. It's like basketball is like fun and I want to keep it fun in my life. And my, my fear is that a lot of us, have just stepped into this hamster wheel of just misery and like seeing different people respond to that tweet of mine. It's like, man, it feels like this year is so much more toxic. It feels like it's so much worse to be on Twitter during games and stuff. Now I'm like, I, I know I feel it. I, I'm in the same spot. I just had to clean up some of my timeline stuff. I think like a lot of things, social media, Twitter, whatever it is, it can be good, and it can be bad. You can use it different ways for, for good and bad. The good aspect, I love interacting with some of you guys that are listening to this podcast. I love interacting with you sometimes about the Mavs and experiencing those mountaintop moments with a lot of you on Twitter and social media. Like, we're all hyped and sharing highlights and experiencing these Luka game winners together. That's fun. It's fun to see the timeline freak out over a Luka game winner. But sometimes, man, that, that toxic nature of it is where it starts shaping your opinions and how you feel and your attitudes. And then you turn off the game and it's like you're just mad forever. And like all of a sudden it's like, man, let's just leave basketball to what basketball is. So I, I think it, it it's different. I think it is different this season. I think it's different for this team, especially because those expectations, like you said, they've they've risen so fast that that climb, you know, how how fast I think people are wanting to define how how fast that climb should be it's like all right well some people get in their heads are like all right we already have an mvp candidate so now there is no climb we're at the top we're supposed to be at the top and it's like okay well we have to adjust all of that right now because luca's you know barely 22 years old which is absolutely absurd but even if they
0: are at the top and that's like the that's the where it, it always comes back to this like fundamental truth of every pro sport there's only one winner, you know, yeah. at the end of the year. Like, the other 29 teams are losers. And so, doesn't matter how good you are, you're probably not going to win. And even the teams that do win, the best teams in the NBA lose 15 or 20 times per year in the regular season. They lose another 10 times, sometimes more. I guess not, you can't really lose that many more games, but you lose between 5 and 10 or 15, even in the playoffs, you know, like... I, you can't lose 15 games. You're an idiot, Bobby. The most games that you could lose in the playoffs is 12. But sometimes they're going to lose in the playoffs too. Sometimes the better team does not win the playoffs here. So it's just like, I don't know. I just can't I, – if, I if if your expectation is to win the title every year or like even if it's like don't lose games you shouldn't lose, then like one team would go 82-0 and every year because the better team wins every game, right? Like that just – it just doesn't happen. So it's just – I don't know. You have to like. You just kind of got to kind of roll with the punches. It's almost like like, you know. Rick always likens the regular season to, uh, flying a plane because Rick is a pilot. Mm-hmm. I I'm sure a lot of fans know, but I honestly have no idea because that's been that story came out like five eight years ago. I don't know. So maybe you don't know. But Rick Carlisle is like a certified pilot. Like he like flies like legit planes like across several states at a time. Um And his whole thing is like, as the head coach, you want to fly the plane and just you like, you're going to get turbulence. You're going to have some, some rough bumpy goes of it sometimes, but it's his job to land the plane safely. And I've always kind of thought of it as like, okay, well then that kind of, if that, if that analogy is like true, then that makes all of us, whether it's you and me, Isaac, or whether it's like a fan that only watches one game a year, we're all passengers. Right. And so like on an airplane, picture yourself flying. And you hit a rough patch, like what if every single time you hit turbulence, you're like reaching up for the oxygen mask, and you're like Mm. calling your spouse to tell them you love them, and like just it doesn't. It's it's normal for bad things to happen. Like it is it is also normal for experiencing to experience a flight that has no turbulence at all. Sometimes you can be a Warriors fan, and it's just amazing, you know. (laughs) But most of the time. You're gonna be really uncomfortable for like maybe even half the flight, depending on the weather. You know, sometimes yeah. you're gonna have to go to the bathroom, and some dude has been in the bathroom for like four hours. You're like, "What is going on? I really have to pee." Like sometimes stuff just is not gonna go your way. But all that matters is that you get there safely at the end because it's just you know you want to freaking go home and see your family. But I I, I think like, uh, man, I really had something that I wanted to say, but this I got I just got way too far down in this plane. Uh, <laughs> can we can we bring it back to this season
1: and just i just want to ask you like how if if a fan wrote you right now mavs fan said bobby how should i like take in this season i know everything considered that first half was just everything you imagine could go wrong for the mavericks went wrong the the hole was dug for the season they're climbing back out of it they've been winning a lot more here here lately they have this mvp guy and luka Doncic the whole Porzinga storyline and all of this stuff. How how should a fan, especially coming out of the OKC game, bam, Denver happens. They have this convincing, amazing, probably top three win of the season for Dallas as far as just how all of the pieces connect and everything. Just how, like, the rest of the way and even going to the playoffs, how should a Mavs fan, like, feel and take in the season? Or at least how are you viewing it? I wouldn't say how should they feel because we can all view it in our own different opinions. But, like, how are you taking in this season?
0: I still view this season as the very beginning of, I mean, hopefully a really long journey, you know. Yeah. Uh, do I have any Lord of the Rings fans on the podcast with me, Isaac?
1: Oh, I have I have a vintage uh Tolkien set on the top of my bookshelf that you can right, see. All right, awesome. But. Awesome. Okay. So for me, we're not even to Moria yet. Heck,
0: we're not even to uh, Rivendell yet. Oh, okay. We're uh we're like the village of Bree.
1: Okay. prancing and your, Pony? Uh,
0: you got your Nazgûl coming through the bar. Okay. And they just stab a bunch of pillows and you're like, "Crap, we got to run." So, and, some uh, some some deep
1: Tolkien fans, we're at like Tom Bombadil's house if you've read the books.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm thinking more weathertop. Oh, Mary okay. and Pippin are cooking some eggs and bacon on the side of this of this little tower and uh Frodo's like, "You fools, like put it out, put it out." And then all of a sudden you're surrounded and you get stabbed with uh this little, you know, Morgul blade and uh and and you're having a really bad time and you start hallucinating. that's where we are in the journey right Mm -hmm. like things have taken a turn uh we don't even know the scope of this thing yet we have no idea how good luca is like i'm not even sure luca really knows how good luca like luca knows that luca's good yeah but i don't think he knows how good you know nobody knows what is gonna happen next like we have these grand like visions in mind but uh, before it can get good, like things usually get bad. That's like the what the whole hero's journey is about. That's the plot of every good story. And right now, it's some not right now, actually right now is pretty awesome. Uh right now they're like hanging out at Rivadell. Uh but like earlier in the season, it was pretty it was pretty bad. It was a lot of adversity, dude, between Porzingis' injury and all these guys being out with COVID and just like some of the ways that they were losing these games, and then they got healthy, and Devin Booker hits you with that jump shot, and then Kelly Oubre gives you 40 points. Like mm. all of that stuff really sucks. Uh, heck, they're 12 and four in their last 16 games, and I would say that OKC and Portland, those two losses, were like two of the toughest losses of the year. Yeah, the way that those games went. But like again, that is that's going to happen. These are these are to me. I view this as like everything that happens right now is educational for Luca and Porzingis. You can see they're still figuring out how to play. They're still figuring out how to play like as individuals and also play together. Um, These are like character building experiences that they're having, you know, like if you want to win a championship, you got to be able to bounce back after getting your butts kicked by golden state by 30 to beat them the next game. Like that's, that is the kind of resolve that it takes. Like, you better come out of a six game losing streak and rattle off some wins and since they lost six in a row i'm pretty sure they're 12 and 4 like mm-hmm. this is this is really riveting stuff to me from a narrative standpoint from like a storytelling standpoint from an observer of basketball standpoint and honestly as a fan too like dude i love this team i love these players like luka is one of my favorite like sources of entertainment i've ever had in my life Uh, and I'm friends with you and I'm saying that, you know, (laughs) like Luca is like even cooler than you are. And so it's just like, dude, like every single step of the way, even the bad stuff, I am savoring it all because it's what makes the end. If we ever get there, it's what makes it so much more enjoyable. If Dirk would have won the title in 2003, it would not have meant 10% as much as it did whenever he won it in 2011. You know, because all of that bad crap happened to them. And even the year they won the championship, Isaac, they went 2-9 and nine or whatever it was, 2-7 and seven without Dirk. Like, he sprained his ankle or hurt his knee or something and missed, like, three weeks. And they lost, like, almost all of those games. And then he came back and they won a bunch. And it was great. And they won the title. And we're all, like, happy. But, like, no flight is turbulence-free. It's just there's going to be bad stuff. And so my... My, like, whatever, advice or my kind of, like, experience watching this season is, yeah, a whole lot of bad stuff has happened. Like, let's see how they respond. Yeah. This this is – Luca is being put to the test right now. Porzingis is being put to the test. Dude, Rick Carlisle is being put to the test. Like, I think it's pretty clear. Like, Porzingis has been frustrated. Luca's been frustrated. Like, this is not the happiest team ever. Like, or at least it certainly wasn't a month and a half ago, you know, when you're losing to Phoenix at home and there's all these – Images of Luca yelling at whoever and Porzingis is throwing water bottles. Like, it's a pretty upset bunch, or yeah. was. How is everyone going to navigate? You know, how, what, what is going to happen? Are they going to make a move? Like, what is the deal? And instead of like trying to play basketball God and getting upset when things don't go the way that I want them to and getting mad when they don't make the trade that I want them to, or thinking that like I don't personally want a player like Andre Drummond, but like if I did, getting mad that, like, the organization clearly does not agree with me on it. Like, I, I'm just, like, taking a step back again and saying, like, dude, this is all out of my hands. Like, this is just a really entertaining TV show. Like, let's see where it goes, you know. And it's just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just take every season in like it's its own story because it is, dude. Like, last season was totally different than this one, not just because of the different personnel and the different schedule and everything, but, like, every season is its own unique cycle of life and it's just really fun to follow it and that's why I just I can't get too upset with the bad and I can't get too happy after the highs because like it's just I don't know it's just life man like basketball is a metaphor for life. all the truisms that you've heard about sports your whole life there are truisms for a reason it's because they are true Isaac they are so true and you just have to be able to roll with the punches because these guys are and it's so interesting to me to see it
1: happen in real time and there's so much that we don't fully know yet about this team. You know, you go back to that playoff series against the Clippers, and, you know, we came out of that series, and a lot of us were so encouraged of, okay, all the stuff that went wrong, the Luca ankle injury, KP getting you know, tossed, KP injury, all the stuff still went six games, get it. We walked out and said, oh, my gosh, what if? What if this, what if this, what if this turned out this way? What if this team have you know, second round, third round, conference finals. I mean, could this have been that run, but in the long, but now looking back on it, how much can we pull from that series for this team right now? Because
0: dude, none of it, they played that series in Orlando in front of zero I, I, people, you know, like that's ancient history. Yeah. Ancient history.
1: A, that's the thing. It's like, you know, last year it was experience. It was, you know, I'm sure Luca and those guys, they learned a lot from that but how, how much we pull from that and try to judge this team based off that i don't know because if that you know if that series was you know a, a sweep and Dallas lost all four games we're probably looking at i would understand everything this season I'm like dang a big change needs to happen probably roster something like this i something we got sweat. We, we didn't even look like we belong or if it went seven games and we lost at the the last second buzzer beater, like dang, we were right there. We were right there. One shot away going like further in the playoffs. Then you're like, all right, keep the band together. And we know we're like, we're a good basketball team, blah, blah, blah. But there's, there's this unknown because on top of it all being such a unique situation from the bubble, there was this unknown in the playoffs. We did have the injuries. We weren't fully healthy in the, in that series. So I think that's another aspect of all of it too. Of we don't know exactly what the ceiling of this team is. We're not sitting here saying, okay, well, bam, it, are we a conference final team? I don't know. Do we do it? Do we need a roster shakeup? I don't know. Or is it the other way too? Like, dang, we are. Like, we're there. We're good. We don't. We just maybe need to tinker around the edges. But and I think that's something the team's probably trying to figure out too. That from front office down of how good are we. Are, are we a team that where if, if we were healthy last year, we would have been in the conference finals or are we a team we're sitting there saying, I think we need another piece. We need this and that. And it's hard, it's hard to take any of that from last year. So that's the thing is like I know some of us want to take the bubble experience or take that playoff series and say, all right, that team. Now let's look at it right now. And it's like, oh my gosh, we got to do all this. Stuff. I just don't think we can take a ton from what happened especially the ending of last season and apply it to right now.
0: I mean, it's tough to take anything from what happened last season. And it's also tough to take stuff that's happened this season. Like how can Donnie Nelson and whoever look at this roster and say, I know exactly what we have. They've played 16 games basically together, you know, a couple more before that as guys were being re kind of implemented. But the first time that this team played fully healthy, was at the Jazz, who's far and away the best team in the NBA this season. you know, yeah. And guys' lungs were on fire. So it's, it's, it's just really, really hard to kind of look too far, even like, dude, look into what happened in January, let alone what happened last August and last September. But, I'll, I mean, I'll say this too, like the team the Mavs are playing tonight, the Clippers, like now I don't know how this game ended because we're talking during it right now, but they were down by 25 in the third quarter to the Pelicans. Wow. The Clippers are four and seven in their last eleven games. Uh, maybe even worse before that. I think they had like a four or five game losing streak. Um, they're the number they four 20, seed in the way. West. They lost by twenty. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm sure none of those guys played in the fourth quarter, so they'll all be well rested. Kawhi and Paul George <laughs> are playing second nights of back to backs now, so everything is fine, Isaac. But like, that's a great example. You look at the Clippers last year; they got kind of embarrassed they're lost in embarrassing fashion I'll say yeah. that to the Nuggets who they were up 3-1 on in the second round um, come back get a little tougher go get Serge Ibaka improve their team they're having a much worse regular season look at the Lakers Anthony Davis is hurt hasn't played in I don't know three weeks a month look at the other side of the league Dude, the Milwaukee Bucks, best record in the league two years in a row. They get bounced in the second round, I think, both years. Or maybe the conference finals to the to the Raptors a couple years ago. But, like, either way, dude, like, you want who, who do you want to trade places with? You know, like, yeah. you don't think every other fan base is mad about something? The only fan base that has nothing to complain about is Utah. But they do complain about how no one respects them enough. Like, <laughs> nobody's happy. That's the thing. No one is happy, which is really a shame because everyone should be happy because it's just sports. Like, it's just fun. Yeah. There are things to be upset about with every single franchise in the NBA, you know? Uh, the Lakers have been the biggest, like, is star-kissed? Is that the phrase?
1: Sure, I get franchise. it. Franchise?
0: Like, the, the they've been the most blessed sports franchise maybe in the history of sports. And... How they still have stuff Kings, to be upset though. about. No, okay, second only to the Kings. Okay. Uh, and they even have things to complain about, dude. Like, and and that's that's another thing, too, is like part of it is because it's hard to watch other teams. Like the way the TV deals work and everything, you know, it's it's tough to keep up too much with other teams, especially if you're as invested in one as many Mavs fans are with the Mavs. While the Mavs are on, you're not gonna be watching what the Pelicans are doing, you're gonna be watching what the Mavs are doing. But whenever you dig a mile deep hole, it's usually only an inch wide. Like you have it's very easy to lose sight of anything else that's going on to have any awareness of it because you're just busy digging the the Mavs fan hole, you know? And so you have no idea what the Bucks are going through, what the Hawks are going through, what the pacers are going through. Like when was the last time, Isaac, that you even thought about the Phoenix Suns? Like hmm. there's a lot of teams and all of these teams are going through their own ups and downs. And it's you just these You collide with them 82 times a year or 72 times a year. And the only story you know is what happens whenever you watch the Mavs play them. Sometimes the other team is going to be great and the Mavs are going to get smoked. Sometimes the other team is going to suck. Like, I don't think Denver played a very good game. Did not have any legs defensively. Helps that they played the night before, you know, but the Mavs ran them off the floor. And so we feel great about the team. But, like, Denver also played in that game too. OKC also played in that game the other night. And they had a really, really good first quarter and a really crummy Quarters two through four, and the Mavs almost got the win because of it. You know, yeah. it just is. Basketball is a is a is a, the NBA is a league of thirty teams, not just one with twenty nine co stars. You know, like it is it is thirty teams, and we're all just supporting characters in the show. So it's just like we just have to kind of, I don't know. You just got you just got to enjoy it. It's just I don't know. Yeah. I I I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to beat a dead horse.
1: <laughs> no, and you mentioned earlier <laughs> you mentioned earlier about this team of just how much we could take from the beginning of the season and how, you know, these guys are in a way kind of still figuring themselves out. You know, I looked at it the other day, I was looking up lineups and lineup stuff, uh, I guess two days ago when this pod came out and, you know, the starting lineup for, for the Mavs of, you know, Luca, Jay, Rich, Dorian, Maxi, KP, and you know, they've played 138 minutes together and, and, you compare that to the starting lineup for the Jazz, they played three hundred and eighty five minutes together. And it's like that is a huge, huge difference between starting units and this is a Mavs team that, like you said, winners twelve you know, twelve and four of their last, you know, sixteen games. They're they, they seem like they're finding a groove, but we can't deny the hole that was dug at the beginning of the season. Not everything considered. I'm not saying it's like they, you know, dug that hole, you know, purely themselves. There's a lot of stuff that factored into that. So this is the last question I want to throw at you. How has your expectations changed because of that first half? To where going into the season, let's just say I, I'll just lump, I'll say the majority of Mavs fans, we would said, top four, top five seed in the West. Like that's what we would love to see for this Mavericks team before the season even started. Now factor everything that has ha- happened, has your expectations changed for the team to where is it okay to be like, man, I just want them to be in top 10. I just want them to make the play-in tournament. Or I still think, hey, a reasonable expectation is a top six seed or second round in the playoffs, or has your expectations changed at all? I think that's a, a thing that a lot of us are grappling with right now of what will you deem a success when this year's over?
0: Well, it's tough. Like, how many more games are Luke and KP going to play together this year? Like, are any of them sure. going to get hurt? Like, are they going to make any, tr- like, we don't know, but assuming everything is like relatively normal ish, um, I believe on this very podcast, Isaac, at the beginning of the year, I said, my expectations are. Top six seed, anything below that would be kind of a failure, or it would mean something bad had happened. A lot of bad stuff happened. Here we go. Uh, yeah. And then I said, like, you got to move forward in the playoffs, so win a series. Winning a series could be tough because, like, it is at this point looking very difficult. Or, like, the odds are long they'll climb up in the standings. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but, like, climb up into a top four spot. So it's it's looking very likely that they're going to be a road team in game one. Um, assuming, of course, they get to game one so it's gonna be tough to win a series Um, do you this is like the big challenge I guess for everyone is you know as a fan let's say they you know they have a really good second half they end up the number six seed or the number five seed they lose in seven games in the first round but they looked great is Mm. that a failure I mean like if they wouldn't have had five guys out with COVID for three weeks like do you think they really would have been the five seed in that case? They probably would have been like the three seed. Maybe even yeah. better than that. Uh, in which case, maybe you're not losing that series. Maybe you're winning that one and the next one. Who knows? I mean, you just, you don't know. We we, we don't see all the, who's the Marvel guy that sees every scenario? We're not, we're, none of us Do- are that Dr. guy. Dr. Strange. Is that Dr. Marvel?
1: Huh? Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange. Dr.
0: Strange. Yeah. None of us, none of us are that guy. Uh, so we don't know how all the alternate scenarios are going to work out. We only know this one reality. And so- Like, I would be, I mean, assuming, again, relative health and everything, if they lose in the first round, I'd be kind of bummed, but am I going to, like, burn down Donnie Nelson's house because of it? I mean, like, you have to kind of take, now, again, like, the way, let's say they lose in the first round in, like, pretty humiliating fashion, or, like, they give away the series or something to where, like, what happened to you during the three weeks of COVID has no impact, really, on the playoff series that you lose. Then that's where it's like, okay, you know, they they let us down and got to get better. But, like, again, like, that's just at that point, you're just really, really, like, rational. I don't know. You're just, like, thinking way too hard about it. Um, I think it's kind of one of those things where, like, you know when you'll get there. And, frankly, like, again, this is, this is like, the this is the big thing. This is, like, the core, I think, um, circling back to something we talked about earlier. The way, honestly, like, this feels condescending, but I promise you it's not. It's coming from a good place the way that you feel about this team or the way that I feel about this team or if you're listening, the way that you feel about this team that has no impact on like what's going to happen with the team. You yeah. know? Um, now, if enough people are disappointed, then maybe public opinion sways decisions. I have no idea. I mean, I, I don't know how much that actually matters, but like, whenever I talk about moves the Mavs make, like, for example, on draft night, trading for Josh Richardson, drafting Josh Green, drafting Tyler Bay, drafting Tyrell Terry, was a very clear, especially with the first few transactions, a very clear signal from the thinkers in the organization, the decision makers, that they want to improve on defense. Now, your opinion as a fan, maybe it maybe it worked. Statistically, it hasn't yet, but also three weeks of COVID. But like, generally speaking, um, they sent the message they want to get better on defense, and that is a message that we collectively sort of interpreted, decoded. And it's a message I can get behind. They did need to get better on defense. Yeah. I love Seth Curry. Hurts to give Seth up, but like yes, I agree with that self-assessment of the team. Like the Mavericks need to improve at defense. So that's why I support the moves. Like whenever they traded for Rajon Rondo. They needed to get better at defense, specifically at point guard. So that as uh, the spirit of the move was kind of like in the right in the right place. Yeah. Generally, for sure. Went down in flames and like nobody can justify it. You know, like we all saw how it ended. So clearly it was a failure, but yeah. like the thought process. But it made sense when it happened. Like, yes. it. Yeah. And now, again, there were people that disagreed with it at the time. And that's cool. That's like, that's totally cool. If you remove the name Rajon Rondo and if whatever, like I'm just talking about like the idea, which is to improve your defense at starting point guard. Nobody could have looked at that team and said, no, nah, we're good. We don't need to improve. Like, Steph Curry won the championship that year. Like, yeah, you needed to improve. <laughs> and so, like, they Love tried. Love worked. But uh,
1: Jameer wasn't, yeah, yeah going to defend Steph. So.
0: Yeah. And then Kyrie Irving won it the next year. And then Steph and then Steph. And, like, generally, if you have a really good point guard, you're going to win. Anyway, the 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 point of all this, I guess, is, like, what we think doesn't really matter. So, like, if it's a failure or not, that's really up to, up to you. And there are people out there that believe the Mavs should go to the conference finals or win the championship because they have Luca. And there are people that believe that every single person on this team, every single person in this organization, even you and I are getting in Luca's way that Mm. like Luca himself could win the championship. If he wasn't surrounded by such like low grade, like losers. Yes. Podcasters. There are people, there's all across the spectrum. There are people that think the Mavs can do no wrong. There are people that think the Mavs deserve to lose Luca. Like, None of those people's opinion matter though, you know, it's all, and so like getting upset because things don't go your way is just like wasted energy, I think, and, and kind of like distracts you from enjoying getting to watch basketball all the time. It was easy. It was, it's easier to say this now because we have Luca. It was tougher to say it a few years ago. It was a tougher sell. There was less to be excited about, but now there's plenty to be excited about. Dude, we have like a once in a lifetime player. Like, I don't care what just like to put Luke on my TV and I'll shut up and just watch him. You know, like yep. it's just so much fun. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like the, the main idea of all of it is just like, it's just fun, man. Like, let's just let's let's have fun. Let's just let's virtually hug each other and just enjoy this thing. But I, I don't know. I've been talking about my own opinions for too long. I, I, at least I want you to answer that your own question. Mm. Like, has anything changed your expectations? And, and if so, to what degree?
1: Yeah, I think they've went down just a little bit just because I do, you know, yeah, I, I think I went into the same, you know, with the same expectations you did as, hey, I want to be a top six team, you know, preferably like a top five team before the season even started and lo- love to see them go to the second round. But if you're telling me this Mavericks team, everything considered Porzingis injury stuff to, you know. COVID three weeks, you know, even recovery coming out of that. All of that considered, if you're telling me this team finishes, you know, at six and, or let's say they're, they're in the playing term and they end up finishing at seven and they play the Lakers in the first round, they go six, seven games with the Lakers and they don't win the first round. I'm not walking out of that series saying, man, this is a failure. I just can't. I can't with everything that's been considered, like everything that's happened to this team, yeah, you know, at the begin at the first half of the season. I couldn't walk out of that saying, yeah, that's a failure. So I think it's went down a little bit in return. I think what it makes, however, how, how, wherever they finish, like climbing the season, I think it makes it even better. Cause then we're looking at it saying, dang, they overcame all of that. Like even right now, I mean, I looked at it when they walked into the all-star break, two games over 500, I'm like, how? how are they two games over 500 after everything that happened? That is crazy to think about. And you know, the, the stretch you're on right now, they have a tough stretch, you know, over these next four games tonight against the Clippers, another game against the Clippers in a couple days, then two games against Portland on the road. These are four tough games, you know, against two teams that are above you in the standings and, you know, factor in that Denver game too. I mean, these are five, a stretch of five games here that are going to be tough games, but you know, if they go if they win, you know, three out of their next four or, you know, even two, you know, two and two over these next four games like this is big time games for them. in as far as standing wise. So, I, yeah, I think my expectations have went down just a little bit because I have to factor everything that's in there. But I still expect them to make the playoffs. If they didn't make the playoffs, I'd be really bummed out. And I expect the first round series, no matter who, who they go against to be a, a very tough series. So I still, you know, second round, let's get there. Let's do it. But if they don't, it's not the end of the world for me this year, because they've went through, I mean, if you stacked up, who's went through the most crap and most unlucky, most random stuff this season, you're looking at Dallas is one of those top three teams. So yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at right now.
0: I don't want to point out something that is going to make the superstitious people very mad, but. Outside of the incredible number of games that the team has missed due to COVID, injury-wise, this team has been pretty lucky. I, oh. I, I do want to say that. That is something that if, if, you're gonna, if you're one of the people that doesn't like making excuses, COVID is much more significant than an excuse and is very legitimate. Um, but injury-wise, outside of KP missing the first several games of the year, it's been pretty good, which is a great thing. Uh, especially given the the volume of games, you know, keep these guys healthy. What you got at Isaac, I feel like, is really important. Um, talking about these these four games, Clippers and, and Blazers, and everything, but also like playing the Lakers in the playoffs. Coming into the year, did you have any reason to believe that the Mavericks were like a better team than the Lakers? No. Even your most optimistic outlook, like, could you could you convince? Christmas night, Isaac, that the Mavs are better than the Lakers?
1: As much as I want to say yes, no.
0: <laughs> Could you do that with the Clippers?
1: Uh, I was a little bit more down on the Clippers, but probably I'd still say probably no. Yeah.
0: So, like, now I would also say that about myself for the Jazz. I didn't think the Jazz would be this good, but I thought the Jazz and the Nuggets were, like, right there, three and four, and then mm-hmm. it was, like, the Mavs and Phoenix. Um, has anything this season happened that has like convinced you that the Mavericks are a worse team than the Blazers? No. Or the Nuggets? No. Or even, even Phoenix who's having a great season. Are you convinced that the Mavericks are a worse team than Phoenix?
1: No, not at all with Phoenix. No.
0: So like none of the stuff that's happened this season the good or the bad, has changed your opinion about, <laughs> about the team I know, as yeah. it relates I mean, to the, the competition?
1: No, it hasn't. No.
0: So, like, and that is a, that is a very condescending exercise, but I just <laughs> want to use that as an example. Like, yeah. maybe you out there are, that are listening to this had different responses. Maybe your opinion has changed relative to other teams about the Mavs or about the other team. But, like, the stuff that happens on random Tuesday nights or random Friday nights 99.9999999% chance that no single game this season will change your evaluation of the Mavericks as a franchise. Not a single individual game. Maybe not even a stretch of ten together. Like your opinion, your outlook. These are things that generally don't change. Um, your your place within the pecking order does not change overnight. Never does. Never has. Never will. Unless you like tra- You sign Kevin Durant on day one of free agency is the warriors. You know, like that's the kind of thing that changes the league forever. Otherwise, it's a slow grind and it's just there's going to be good, there's going to be bad. There's going to be a lot of in between. There's going to be games where you beat the magic where they shoot 50% from 3. There's going to be games where you lose to the thunder where a bunch of your guys are out. There's going to be games where you beat Denver who may or may not have been tired, but you beat the crap out of them on their home floor. You're going to be riding high, you're going to be riding low. You're gonna be laying in the street. You're gonna be partying in the street. Like there's gonna be good and bad, but generally speaking, it all stays the same, you know. And we're just we're just getting from point A to point B, and point B is shaped like the Larry O'Brien Trophy, and hopefully we get there one day. And hopefully Luke is here and KP is here, and all these other guys are here to enjoy it. Like I just can't imagine Isaac being somebody that does not like Dorian Finney-Smith or Maxi Kleba or Jay. Like like just. But like I don't know, man. I I just really appreciate um, the evolution that those guys have had in their game. Are they perfect players? Of course not. Is Dwight Powell a perfect player? Of course not. Is Jalen Brunson a perfect player? Is Luka Doncic a perfect player? No. Like we're all flawed human beings. Breaking news. There's going to be bad stuff. They make mistakes, but it's just like it happens, man. So just like lay, sit back, relax, and enjoy it. You know. You know what I mean. You know what I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say.
0: Is there anything else that's that may or may not be related to this might be something else might be just might be a thing about the Clippers might be a thought about a game. Cause it's been a while since we talked. I think it was before might've been before the all-star break. A lot yeah. of things happened that don't, I don't want to talk about that prevented podcasting, but like it's been a while. So is the floor is yours.
1: I mean, I would just say, I mean, Luca, I would just tie in what we we've been talking about. Just freaking enjoy, man. Like how many, how many franchises, how many podcasts do we hear people talk about, uh, you know, different teams across the league and, you know, they're tanking, they're trying to find this next star, seeing this next draft class coming up and hearing these guys, you know, five or six guys that could be studs, you know, in that rookie class next year. But can they be the next star for those these franchises at the bottom of the league? Like it, like that search for your superstar, for your cornerstone this is a search that franchises go on for years and years. And then when they get a guy that's really good, then it's like the awkward stage too of like, well, are they that good? Do they, you know, do they want, you know, and all this stuff. And then they're on the block. I mean, we're all, we've already seen guys in the top five, six picks in Lucas draft, either like in trade talks or like, will the team even keep them, you know, a qualifying offer. It's all this stuff. And it's like, we have the best player in the league, 22 and under you know one of the best players in the league period and it's like we have the guy who when all the gm surveys happen or all these different things like who you who you start your franchise with Lucas. is that answer the guy that you cheer for you know on a on a daily basis so i would like as much as what we talk I mean, we saw all-star weekend However, we want to say Luca how much he tried that. <laughs> he just uh, had fun that weekend. But just seeing Luca on the floor with these guys and with these other stars in the league, just man, just enjoy Luca. I know that's what I'm. I'm trying to do. I set, you know, set on my couch and i with my son, and my son only knows a few players. Uh, he's two and a half and you only say a few players names and Lucas, one of them Luca, Luca, Luca. I hear him said all the time. I'm like, I'm going to soak this in as much as I can while I have 77 on my TV and see all these fun plays with him and reenact Lucas step backs and plays on his little tight skull and all this stuff. I'm going to enjoy it because basketball is fun and freaking Luca Doncic is just a lot of fun. And he, he's an entertainer and he's a basketball player. He seems like an awesome human being. So, just sit back and enjoy the ride. That That's just all I want to say.
0: There are teams that have existed for 50, 60, 70 years that have never had a player as good as Luka is already. You know? And so just... No matter what happens, man. I I, I love what you just said because it's so true. No matter what happens, like, we will get to go to our graves knowing that we got to watch Luka play basketball. Yeah. You know? And, like, we just spent the last hour saying like just relax it's just a game it's just fun but like dude if you like if you really 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 love basketball then like you should be thanking your lucky stars every single freaking night that you get to watch this guy because he is a i'm telling you he's a -a once-in-a-lifetime player he is a -a once-in-a-lifetime player and and we get to watch him and if i would just hate I would just hate for like 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, whenever we're all old and wrinkly and we have foggy memories and stuff, that there's even a shadow of a memory in your mind that would like distract from just appreciating him because you were so caught up like fearing that he would leave or like stressing about some free agent move that they did or didn't make or just like... Just worrying through the whole thing, you know, like it's going to end one day, whether he, whether he leaves or retires or whatever, like his career is going to come to an end at some point. So just enjoy every freaking second of it while you can, because no one, no one else gets to watch Luca like we do, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I don't want to make this guy into a God or anything, but like <laughs> he is a, he is, he is magic bird, Michael Jordan, LeBron. Like he's one of those guys. And it's just – it's it's pretty awesome that we get to watch him. So I, I appreciate that you said that because that is just – I get mad too, you know. I, I, get, I get upset sometimes with some of the stuff that happens with, with some fans. I get upset with the team, whatever. But, like, in the back of my mind, I always know, like, I get to watch Luca tomorrow, you know. Like, I, I get to watch Luca tonight. I'm already – like, I'm excited about it, you know. Like, I just can't wait to watch him again. It's just uh, – I don't know. It's great. It's, he's great. It's awesome. I'm really, really happy that we got him, and, and I'm really, really happy that uh, the 2018 lottery didn't go a little worse for the Mavs. Otherwise, like I would be really, really I, – I would actually legitimately be miserable if he wasn't on this team. <laughs> it's quite a confession, but it's true. I was so depressed that night on lottery night. Really, really dark place for me basketball-wise. But, hey, it worked out, didn't it? Heck, yeah, it did. Yeah. All right, Isaac. That's good stuff, man. I'm sorry for talking your ear off since no, I've been dude, wanting to it. talk about this for a while and wanting to talk about it for a while. Um, so, uh, yeah, Isaac, can we, what, what do we, uh, what do you got going on? What can you plug? I was just say, listen to locked on Mavs. Are, are there any episodes or that have come out recently or like that are that you're planning down the pipeline? What, what can you, what can you tease and promote?
1: Oh my gosh. I don't have anything specific to tease and promote right now. I, I wish I had a written piece ready to promote on Mavs.com, but it's, man, I think that's been one of the hardest things for, I love the writing process, but it's so dang hard to do like without the locker room conversations. And unless you're like one of these like big time guys in the league and, you know, can, cause I love doing these longer stories and personal stories and, you know, being unable to build relationships outside the locker and in the hallway and, you know, courtside before a game and all this stuff this season, it's been so hard. So hopefully at some point I can get one of those, uh, down the, down the pipeline. But I mean, honestly, I yeah, locked on Mavs every single day. So I'd love, I'm talking Mavs every single day. So yeah, I'll plug that.
0: So you can always hear his takes on locked on Mavs and on Mavs daily and on Mavs.com and on Twitter the, the unverified <laughs> Isaac L. Harris. Uh, I'm getting close you, you to ten
1: thousand on Twitter. That would be a big thing for me.
0: Yeah, dude. Like, the thing is, if you're ver like if if someone goes and types Isaac Harris on Twitter, you might be the first one that pops up, but you might not be. But if That's you're verified, true. you will be. I will. You be. know, you will be like the <laughs> Isaac Harris. It's pretty need, cool, isn't it? It's pretty need, cool. Does I I it, it gets your juice but doesn't it?
1: <laughs> you, you don't have to lie. To I'll, I'll change my well. name to Isaac L Harris official.
0: Yes, yes, do that, do that, and have it in your bio too. Like <laughs> the official, you know? and account, then you have though. to make like a fan account, and a parody account too, and you yeah, can yeah. run them but just like pretend you don't. Um, all right, good stuff, man. Isaac L Harris on Twitter. I'm Bobby Corella, Bobby Corella on Twitter. Um, we'll, we'll see how much longer I have a Twitter. Honestly, <laughs> been thinking about thinking about getting rid of it. I might just get. I might donate my check mark to Isaac. Um, yeah until next time enjoy the Mavs and Clippers tonight and on St. Patty's Day stay safe out there hopefully get vaccinated as soon as you can and uh, we'll see you next time on Mavs Daily.